You've now locked into Living Blessed, the podcast, where we're talking the highs, the lows, the darkest moments that we've all hidden from the world, and everything in between. This is the moment of truth. This is why we're living blessed. And now, your host, Jovan J. Palmer. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Living Blessed, the podcast. I'm your host, Jovan J. Palmer. And as always, we got amazing people on the podcast sharing transparent and vulnerable moments. I got a good guy goes by the name of Dalton, who's like the king of content. I like to say, uh, you could, uh, content creation. As far as like the guy behind the video, behind the scenes, you've probably seen a lot of his work. Circle CEOs, Neo, his own page, mindset, med- medication, right? Yeah, yeah. Man, what's going on? Introduce yourself. How you feeling? Good, man. So I'm just thankful, you know, allowing me to to be here and you know share share my truth and. Just uh, help help someone out, man. I, I feel like there's a lot of hurting out there, and I just want to take my pain, my hurt, and, and share it, and maybe it can you know help someone on the other side. So, absolutely, man. So, uh, where are you from? I'm originally from uh, Hillsdale, Michigan. Come from a small town, about five thousand people. You okay. Know, we got Amish people, you know, back home. You know, I have an Amish, you know, neighbor. You know, three of them. You know, there's a couple. But a uh, small town, country, you know, very small. So if you do something stupid, everybody knows about it. <laughs> <laughs> so what was it like growing up there? Um, it was it was good. You know, there was no such thing as traffic. You come here to <laughs> to Atlanta, <laughs> man. You could be sitting in this traffic forever. That's one thing. Yeah, I don't really. I I want to pull my hair out sitting in traffic. But back home, you could seven miles or whatever, and you're gonna be there in five minutes. You quick ain't oh no, so it's really small it, town it's really small yeah it ain't like you could run a stop sign ain't, ain't, nobody's gonna nah <laughs> how many traffic lights y'all have uh i don't know probably like together probably at least 10 maybe i would say 10 15 at the wow. most yeah Dang. very very small town you know um yeah so growing up mom and dad single mom single dad situation what was it like so both mother and father. So I come from both mother and father that were addicts. Mm. Uh, both struggled with addiction very, very hard. Before I was even born, you know, they, they had an you know, addiction problem. Uh, my mom used eight out of the nine months that she was pregnant with me. I was born addicted. You know, that gives me an 85% chance of being an addict myself and a 15% chance of actually being successful in life. Um, Dad, I could count on one hand how many times I've actually, like, talked with him and, you know, met him, shook his hand. Um, but yeah, it was, it was rough growing up, definitely, you know, struggling, but mm-hmm. my mom always, my mom was a hard worker, you know, she never, like, she always made sure we were straight, Yeah. but, uh, you know, it was definitely tough, very tough growing up. And they say we, so I'm assuming there's some siblings. Yeah. I have one older sister, same mom, same dad. Uh, she's six years older than me. Okay. Um, we don't, I mean, she's, you know, has, I think, you know, some inside healing to do it she's i don't really talk to her much i really talked to my real mom my real dad or i guess my sister that much she's pretty much a lone wolf in a way in a way way, way. from your family i would say from lone wolf from your family because of course we're gonna get a little deeper into it as deep as we you allow yeah absolutely but uh so 85 percent chance of being addicted what was your mom addicted to? Um, opiates. So mm. she was more of, started with like uh, Vicodin and uh, 
you know, hydrocodone, like, you know, painkillers. And then I think time went on, you know, as time went on, like my seventh, uh, seventh grade year, she was, you know, shooting heroin, you know, so I, I, I witnessed that, you know, living in a motel with her two years with her, uh, she had an alcoholic boyfriend. So, you know, I watched a lot of, you know, stuff go down, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, but yeah. Gotcha. So you were born addicted Mm -hmm. and what was it like from what you can recall, what you were told you were like, what was your development like as a, as a baby into the adult we see today? Um, what I was told, so when I was born, you know how like a mother gets to hold their, you know, their child. I was yeah. told that I was, my mom didn't get to hold me. They rushed me right out because I, I think my blood sugar or some, something wasn't right, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, so, you know, that was that. And then, uh, what was the other part you said? So it's like, you know, were there any addictions that you, oh, okay. Since, yeah. Okay. So yeah, I definitely felt as I got older, uh, you know, what actually feels like to, to, to be, you know, addicted to something or to crave uh, something. You know, I'm a big, you know, my roommate over here, he's always cracking down. I'm a big Mountain Dew drinker. I drink a lot of soda, bro. Really? Yeah, a lot of pop. Like, <laughs> I couldn't tell you the last time I drank a bottle of water. I'm not even joking, bro. Are you serious? Yeah. Hey, man, get that man the water right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, that and, you know, high school, I think, you know, high school, you, you, you experience things. And yeah. I, I found what I liked and what I didn't like. And so I definitely test the waters in high school and kind of went down, you know, an iffy path for mm-hmm. a second until I was like, yo, what am I, what am I doing? Yeah. So did drugs ever become a thing for you? Yeah, it did. It mm. did. Uh, so freshman year, I was prescribed Adderall. And, you know, I, I would take it at lunchtime. That's what I felt like. You know, middle of the day, that's where I, you know, needed it. I'd get a little hyper, a little crazy. I have yeah, ADHD. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, super bad. Very hyper kid. <laughs> I would have never known that. No, yeah. Because um, I get older or whatever. Um, but I started to find out, like, you know, freshman year, I start, I start taking my medicine at lunch. People start to notice, like, you know, what are you, what are you taking? Mm-hmm. Like, it's my medicine. It just helps. It's supposed to take it for school. That's what I'm told. Um, and, you know, I get, you know, juniors and seniors, like, yo, let me buy some of that. And I'm like, why? I, I didn't I never, under- you never understood. Yeah, I never yeah. understood because at the time I thought it was just this medicine is supposed to help me focus in school. And I like about my sophomore year, I started to to notice. I'm like, yo, the feeling when I was on it and the feeling when I was off it. Mm-hmm. And I started to 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 like the feeling that I had when I was on it. So explain what you felt being on um, euphoria, very, very focused, very motivated, very excited. Um, you know, like you can do anything, mm-hmm. you, know, it's, you, you feel like you can tackle the world. Yeah. Um, but I started to notice the feeling I was getting and it, it, it made me like, oh, that's so cool. I, I'm prescribed it, you know, so it's okay. I'll just take another one. So I started like taking more than I should. And then that kind of was a, a domino effect for mm. sure, for sure. And then. While I was taking more of it, I would run out before, you know, I was due again. Yeah. And so, you know, you, friends, you, you know, you're in the environment of people buying Adderall. So you're going to be introduced to, to other things, too. Yeah. you know, marijuana, cocaine, you know, things of that nature. So I've definitely, uh, you know, 
went from Adderall to weed and then I was doing, you know, doing a little bit of both because I was taking the Adderall to focus in school, then smoking weed to, to go to sleep at night. Mm. And then pretty much, you know, like I said, I, I would run out and then my friend, he, he, he want to do a bump? I'm like, what is, what is a bump? What's a bump? You know, That's do a line. Line, line. okay, okay. You know, yeah. do, you know, cocaine. And then so I started to, you know, uh, you know, test my, my waters with that. And there was a time period where I would, I stopped smoking weed and I would literally use the, my money that I would buy weed. I would go buy that. Mm-hmm. And it was for like a month where I was like really heavy into it. And then I kind of faded mm-hmm. off and got back on track. As in, I was just, you know, taking my Adderall, you know, taking, uh, smoking weed. Mm-hmm. But I had a scare that made me slow down everything because one day I had took more Adderall than I should have. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was prescribed like 30, you know, 30 milligrams and I took three, you know. So, At once? Yeah. And so that, that feeling that with your, you know, with your heart. Just racing. Racing. Like you felt like you're, like it's gonna, your heart's going to explode. So... I end up uh, snitching on myself to uh, to my adopted mom saying, uh-huh. hey, look, uh, I've been taking more than I should. I've been doing this. I've been doing that. Kind of gave her a heads up and then, you know, eventually kind of got back on, on track. Mm, okay. So you mentioned adopted mom. When exactly were you adopted? Seventh grade. Seventh grade? Yeah, seventh grade from... Because we me and my biological mom lived in the motel mm-hmm. for, you know, for two years and my mom thought it was best for me to, to go. And, okay. you know, she and she was doing the right thing because she, I didn't need to be there. I didn't need yeah. to see what I was seeing. So she thought it was better for me, to, you know, to leave. And so uh, likely it was more of like we knew these people. They were always kind of in and out of my life as in like they would help with, you know, Christmas, Easter, birthdays. You know, they were always there, you know, being a support and providing when my mom couldn't provide. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, seventh grade was when I went, went with them and never, you know, I've never, like, haven't really been with my mom since. Have you talked to her since? Yeah, yeah, I okay. talked to her, yeah. Definitely try to, but I keep my... Keep your distance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So is she still addicted to this oh, day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, what, what feelings does that give you towards your mom? Because... When certain situations happen in our lives, we sometimes build up resentment. We start build a little hate. We build up, of course, the distance. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, I, you know, once upon a time built up some resentment toward my, towards my parents sometimes just because of things that happened in my life. And I'm like, yo, I need this distance. For you, what what, what could it have been? Um, It's more of, I think with my mom having addiction and just being, I feel like I'm more understanding. Mm. You know, I, there was never, I felt, that's one thing I've always said is I don't, I don't hate my mom. Yeah, I would yeah, never yeah. change Absolutely. anything. You know, I feel, I look at it as there was something in her life that happened to her that she didn't deal with that led to this. And she didn't have, you know, a Neo, she didn't have, a, you know, a J.O., a Mr. Two Weeks Out, you know, David Chan. She didn't have any of those people to look up to, to, to follow and, and to see what they come from and to see what they can have. Mm-hmm. She didn't have that. So I always put that in perspective of... That's a great perspective. Yeah. Very great, man. Um, so what do you feel... What do you feel... Like, during the time you were adopted, let's go there. What was it like being adopted? Because do you think that 
you had a hard time maybe establishing a new rapport with this new family, or was it a family that's already been in your life? What was, it was that like? It, no, it was it was actually very comfortable. It was, it was exciting. Okay. You know, going to you know living in a motel for two years to going to to live with them, and mm-hmm. they're I would say they're pretty well off. They have nice things. You know, I I anything I asked for I got. You know, like new clothes. You know, like it was exciting for me. Yeah, it was yeah, a new yeah. School. It was a new. You know. Mm-hmm. It's like a new fresh start. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but also like, I, I seen both sides. Okay. As in like, I, I see the side and know the side of what it's like to go without, and then I see the side of okay, you know, I don't gotta worry about anything. I don't gotta worry about if the rent's mm-hmm. gonna get paid this month. I don't gotta worry about if there's gonna be food in the fridge. Yeah. You know, everything that I need was there, so it was, it was a happy feeling for me, but in a way same time kind of sad because i'm a mama's boy i love yeah, my yeah, mom yeah, you know yeah, yeah. so I, I felt like i was leaving my mom mm. um and that's something that i still like struggle with you know today and one of the things that really would bother me like back then was like when i would eat when i would eat you know food with my say my adopted parents i would always think you know to myself it's my mom you know like is she gonna show up no i'm saying or, is she does she have oh food? she oh wow she, yeah, yeah. You know, I was, I've always th- been the person to put someone else first. Mm-hmm. It's just how I am. If I have a dollar, you need a dollar, and it's my last dollar, and you need it, I'm going to give it to you. Mm-hmm. That's just who I am. But, um, yeah, man. That's dope. So, during your, would you call it your addiction moment? or? Yeah. No, okay. it was definitely, a, you know, experience. I definitely... So what was it that said, yo, I got to shake this and get back off this? Because, you know, you said you're at 85 percent. You you pretty much were addicted. You wind up falling to that statistic of being, you know, addicted person. And then now you're jumping into the 15 percent. What mm-hmm. was it that said, yo, I got to get back into this 15 percent? I think I just hit a wall as in like I just my body was exhausted. Mm. You know, I, you can only do it for so long until you, you crash. And, uh, you know, I had woke up one morning and I, I was like, what am I doing? Like you said when you were a kid, like you wanted different, you know, this is literally you're, you're, you're following the path that your mom and dad went down. Like you see how that ended. Yeah. Do you want that? I'm like, no, no. Like I had, I had a real conversation with myself saying, like, that's not what I want. That's not the life I want. That's not what I want for my kids, for my future wife. And so I really took that, and I, I, I told, I literally told on myself, like, about everything till I sat my adopted mom down and just told her everything. I couldn't, like, keep it inside. Like, that's one thing. Eventually, the truth's going to come out. Like, I can't, like, I can't sit here and lie forever. You know, I can lie for a second, but mm-hmm. eventually the... I'm going to tell on myself. Uh, so I just went to her and really told her about everything. And uh, she, you know, she worked with me, you know, she like, she was there. She was very supportive. She wasn't angry. She wasn't, you know, she was just happy that she told, like I told. So with her telling you, telling her about, you know, everything that you experienced during that time, what was your thoughts going through your head? Did you think, oh, man, they're going to kick me out or it's over with? Or you felt like, yo, if I just tell? Um, I, I felt like if I just tell, because she's always been super understanding. 
And so I thought as if I tell, and maybe, you know, she will, you know, help me, motivate me, you know, like if she notices that I'm a little off, she's going to say something. Even though I didn't want, you know, I don't want her to say anything. Yeah. You know, I needed that. Mm-hmm. That's why I told on myself. Got you. Now, did you have to, like, do any type of program or was more so just like, yo, we're just going to work with you at home, yeah, no, it was monitor just, you a little more? Yeah, it was just more of like, we're going to work with you at home. And, you know, uh, it wasn't like I was, like, fully in. Like, yeah, like, you know, knee like, deep in. Yeah, okay, nah, okay, got it you. wasn't like that. It was very. It was very, here and there, like, yeah, a little very line easy. here. Yeah, yeah, got easy you. So, okay. to, like, okay, like, I need to, I need to stop. You know, or it's going to end up yeah. being a lot worse. Yeah. yeah. So pretty much because your environment and it pretty much kind of allow for you to kind of be into that space. Mm-hmm. So did you have to change the people that you hung around Absol- or? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So what was that like? Because when you're with a group of people who are used to doing the same thing, they're used to you being that person within that circle. It's hard to kind of just kind of leave it alone. Or was it, like, how was it for you and the friends that you were, that circle that you were hanging with saying, yo, guys, I can't, this isn't me anymore? Um, it was more of, like, just, you just really just stop coming around. Mm. Like, you know, you meet up after school to, you know, go smoke weed. You know, just just really taking myself out of any type of situation and, or, or, like, you know, Friday night's coming. You know, there's a football game, but there's a party after. You going? You going, Lynn? No, I'm, not. I'm going home. Because I knew what it would, you know, call for. Um, mm. I didn't want that. So I really kind of kind of faded away as in my junior and senior year of just being by myself. So I got comfortable with being by myself. Now, how was that like? Um, Good. I think that was the best thing that could ever happen to me was just to sit with myself, to really ask myself questions, to really ask, okay, what, Dalton, what do you want? What do you want in your life? So uh, sitting with yourself, that's a, that's a lot man to sit with yourself because sitting with yourself you wind up learning so much about yourself and you also have to ask like the ugly questions and find out the ugly truth about yourself what were some of the questions that you asked yourself in that moment and what are some of the things that you actually were able to reveal about yourself and actually discover about yourself pretty much man just i knew that seeing my mom and my dad that's that's not what i wanted in my life like I, I knew that what what trouble it gave, what just all the the you know the issues and stuff I have, you know, you know, I'm not I'm not putting the blame on them. Yeah, yeah no, we good. You know, I take responsibility, but you know, it's in it's in my it's in my DNA. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I just knew that I didn't want that from for my future, you know, kids or my future wife. Like I don't, I didn't want that. And one thing I've always been big on is I've always couldn't wait to have you know, a family of my own. I can't, you know, I'm a young, but I've always couldn't wait to get married. I can't wait to have like my fa- like my own family. Mm-hmm. It's always something that I've always like couldn't wait for. Are you dating now? No, no. I'm, okay. I'm more of like just focused. You know, I think God will put the right person in my life when it's time, when I'm ready, because mm-hmm. I, I feel like there's some more stuff that I need to work on as in, you know, relationship and, you know, with abandonment and, you know, I'm still working on things. Got you, got you. So, yeah. Okay, so... Dad has been in my A practically all your life. Mm-hmm. You say you shook his hand maybe once. Twice. I would say four, four to five times. Like I've like actually like met him and like sat with him and, and like talked with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but we didn't, we didn't have much in common. Gotcha. He was more of a a car guy. I was never a car guy. I was a sports guy. I like you know playing baseball, football, basketball. Mm-hmm. 
So we, there was never a connection there. So when we talked, it was, hey, how are you? Good. I'm great. You know, it was very short, you know, short talk, small yeah. talk. So we never had a connection. So growing up, a boy typically learns fatherhood and manhood from their dad. Where did you learn to become from a boy to a man? Where did that, where did you learn that from? I would, I would definitely have to say, uh, like, obviously my, my adopted dad, you know, my adopted dad's a very quiet guy. Mm -hmm. Um, but he, he plays, he's a great, he's a great father. He's a hard worker. You know, he like, I guess learning from him, how he, looking at how he treats my adopted mom and, you know, they, they never fight. You know, if he's, if he's angry, he doesn't, he, he's not going to allow me show or show that he's angry. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I've really learned how to treat a woman. Mm. Um, you know, respect and, you know, what hard work looks like. Um, that That's the, the three qualities, I would say, that I've learned from him, definitely. But uh, the other other people, I would say just uh, role models, like, you know, Neo, um, you know, E.T., uh, you know, J.O., uh, you know, a lot of the, the people that I'm, I'm in now, you know, I... I Yes, I work from them, but I also, I look up to them as a big brother, as a father yeah. figure, you know? Um, but, yeah. That's dope, man. <clears throat> so what's one thing that you feel you still struggle with outside of the abandonment to this day? Um, uh, that's, that's a good question. I would say, I, honestly, I think the biggest part for me is, is abandonment. Mm -hmm. Uh because I think high school, even beginning of, of college, you know, I was always seeking girls, like always seeking somebody. Mm. And I felt as like that was going to fulfill something. Yeah. And you ain't going to fulfill anything until you fulfill yourself. Facts. You know, so uh, that that's the biggest thing that I'm still like working on. It's like the, the, the you know, the uh, can't say it, abandonment. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. So do you feel like you're, like, looking for mom in these women? Or what do you feel like you're looking for? Unconditional love, man. Mm. Someone that loves me for me. Uh, you know, and especially now, especially in the position I'm in now, I, I notice people flaunt at me because I feel like my position. And so I'm very quick to, to you know. Nope. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. You know, because it's like you don't really... What are you really here for? Uh, yeah, well, exactly. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I feel you. But that's also one of my biggest fears, though, too, is down the road is, you know, because mm. I'm going to be a multimillionaire. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. But I don't want, it's always in the back of my mind, like, me get down the road, meet, you know, someone, but is she there for, you know, for me or is she there for my money? Mm. You know, so that's my biggest fear. You know, you look at, you know, say Neo or some of these other misses and Mr. Two Weeks Out High School Sweetheart, you know, they started like when they had nothing. Nothing, yeah. You know, so like for real, ride or die, you know. And so that's one thing I'm like, that's why I feel like I rush sometimes to, to get into something or to find my person because I don't want to wait later because I'll be worried about the fact that she with me because of the money or does she love me? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So what do you? What are some things that you do to kind of work towards your abandonment issues that you're dealing with? To be honest, uh, I know this is not the best answer, but I'm just being. I'm telling, speaking my truth. I think I, a lot of times I don't really deal with it. 
I, I drown myself in my work. Mm. That's why I'm so passionate about my work, about, you know, creating, because yeah, I'm a deep thinker. I, I, <laughs> ideas flow to me very easy, you know. Um, but I would say I, I drain myself in my work. And that's not the probably the healthiest mm-hmm. or, or the best answer, but that's something, like I said, we're still working on, yeah. still getting better at. What are your takes on therapy? Uh, there's nothing wrong with therapy. I'm still in therapy, okay. still in counseling. I think that's it's helped tremendously. And as in just letting it out, just mm-hmm. speak about it. A lot of people are scared to speak about it, so therefore it, it forever lives inside. And, and, it, and it, when it lives inside, it's a weight. It holds you back from a lot of things. And it also can, you know, sabotage a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's more of, you know, you really got to let it out, get it out, flush it out of your system. So you know? what was your first time in therapy? What, what was it like for you? Um, first time, I was pretty young. Um, I guess I never really, like, when I was young, I didn't really understand. I yeah. thought it was more of person my therapy like he would try to get answers out of me but it wasn't more of I was always wanting to play the you know games or you know because that's what we did you yeah know, we'd play games and talk um but what last was it last year 2020 I had got back into it again and it really uh made me realize like yo you got some you got some work to do mm-hmm. you know and it's not it's not a bad thing but you, you you realize it let let's fix it and so you know it's a it's a process you know it's a healing process it's definitely going to yeah it takes time yeah you know like if you cut yourself you know it, it doesn't heal overnight you know it takes time absolutely um but yeah man yeah uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> so as an adult man going through therapy the counseling and reflecting back on life if you could change one thing what would you change uh for my mom and dad to always be together mm-hmm. uh that's one thing i you know because it wasn't like growing up my mom was a functioning addict for the longest time, so you, no one would ever. You would never know. You would never know. So it's more of, you know, having, a, you know, my dad. Like I wanted a mom and dad. Like I see, like a lot of my friends, you know, their parents. You know, you go over to their house or whatever, but they're, you know, their mom. That's their mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they would get angry, but I would always say, like, at least you can go home to your real mom and dad, and right, like someone that, like, that's a part of you. I'm going to honestly to people to some stranger's house every night, you know. So That's I real. always, you know, uh, felt that I, I would change of just my mom and dad uh, being together and take away the addiction. Yeah, I think yeah. everything would be good. If you could have a heart to heart with your dad, what would be some of the things that you would say to him? Mm, That's good. That's really good. I would honestly. Why. Why didn't he try to, like, fight for us as in, like, when he knew my mom was getting worse and worse and worse and worse, why didn't he try to step in and, and come get us? Mm-hmm. You know, why did he just allow us to to just go with someone else? You know, maybe if it—I just—even if, say, he did do that, it probably wasn't the best for us to go with him, mm-hmm. but just the thought of he didn't never try. Yeah. He never tried. He didn't even— 
call. You know, so it was more of like, why didn't you at least make an effort right. to, to get us? So that would be. Same question, but to your mom. Um, why, why, like, why, why, why do you do what you do as and why do you use? Mm -hmm. Like, what are you numbing? I've never really asked her, like, what are you numbing? Like, what are you trying to, like, run away from? Mm -hmm. Um, that'd probably be the question that I would ask. Same question, but to yourself. Um... That's a real good question. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure, man. That's a that's a tough one. Okay, it's always easy to look at someone else and yeah, be, have a question, very, and then you look at yourself like, ah. yeah, like ooh, that's very true. Yeah. So, man, um, what are you doing today? Today, uh, we just got pretty much leave here. We editing, go back home and. Get to work. Now, how did you get in the position that you're in now? I'm very curious to know. Oh, man. Uh, this one's a little rough. <laughs> this one's a little rough. This is uh, make me, this is where I'm probably going to get emotional. Um, so 2020, you know, COVID hits. And this is where I really start to get on track. Mm. You know, so January of 2020 was... Well, December of December sixteenth, I turned twenty one. You know, I'm thinking, you know, seems a little scary to be twenty one. You can go and buy, you know, whatever. Life is you, yeah, different now. Yeah. yeah. And surprisingly, you know, I've only been to a bar twice. Really? Yeah. And uh, really, just got on track. Even mm -hmm. though I was, you know, old. It seemed like I thought when I was turned twenty one, I was going to go out. Turn all the way. I was going to turn up. You know what I mean? But. It was the total opposite. I turned down, uh, you know, I went inside. You know, I, I, I found myself in January of 2020, I really got on track of like my goals, writing down my goals. What do I want? You know, and that's where I really found E.T. Started listening to him every s single morning. And then it went from E.T. to Inky. And then it went from Inky to Mr. Anderson, Jeremy Anderson. And I got connected with Mr. Anderson, got in a speaking program, and he had a, a speaking conference here in Atlanta. Uh, and I get here, and, and the process of even getting there was, was tough mm -hmm. uh, because I had, had my own place. I, I had a job, uh, you know, back in my, my small town, but I ended up getting fired from the, the factory I was working at. wasn't making uh, rate. You got to be, you know, factories you have to make a certain amount of parts. At this hour, I wasn't cut. I wasn't even <laughs> close. <laughs> Not even close. Um, so it was tough, but I found myself making videos, but I didn't, I was only making videos to, to keep a roof under my head. Mm. I, I really wanted to, to speak, share my story, you know, help other people, what I've gone through, you know, people with addiction, you know, all of that. But. I found myself more on the, you know, the camera in my hands. And so I went down there uh, to the, you know, the speakers program and I brought my camera and I found myself more of holding the camera than I was taking notes on speaking, which I, I don't know why. I think it was more of like, oh, let me get this for myself or I can take it home and watch it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, but I ran into uh 
a phenomenal, phenomenal person, uh, Brian. Um, he turned to be like, he was like a coach, a mentor. Um, the hotel that I had booked, $56 hotel. Don't get no $56 hotel in Atlanta. I'll tell you that. I would tell you that one right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was sketchy, man. Sketchy. Because, you know, I'm a small town guy. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. $57 hotel in Atlanta. Like, let's do it. Like, right by the e-complex. Yeah, not what? a smart move. No. So I, we get back day one. I get back to my, Brian drops me off at the hotel. I get back to the hotel and I go in the room. And I, I'm, I'm like, uh, yeah, there's a hole in the wall. I, you know, oh, you're literally in a hole in the wall. And, yeah, there's a hole with, with now, okay, I'm, I cannot make this up. Hole in the wall with some, with some jelly beans in it. Kid you not. Some jelly beans. There was like a little circle hole wall. And there was some, some jelly beans, some fuzz, some lint in there <laughs> i don't know <laughs> seen that i'm like i'm gonna check the bed real quick i left up the sheets you know i take off all the sheets there's blood on, on the actual bed i said yeah i stayed here it's gonna be a long night because i'm s- yeah i called mr anderson i sent pictures to them i'm like look look at my hotel room 56 dollar a night wasn't the best idea yeah 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 and he uh he texted me back i'm gonna have brian come get you and Brian and his wife Sophie um, pick me up. They they get me uh, a hotel where they're staying at. Never stayed at a hotel that nice ever. It was a major upgrade. Yeah, way fifty six dollars <laughs> about three hundred a night. <laughs> yeah. And uh, me and Brian, you know, start to build a relationship. You know, the next morning, me and him just go to the conference. Sophie stays back, and we had time to talk. And, you know, during that time, I really connected with him. I felt like out of all the people in my life, someone finally understands me. Mm. Someone gets me. Someone actually, like, not only gets me, but believes in me. And uh, after, well, it was day three, so the last day, uh, we wrap up things, everything. Me and Brian, he was like, I have to stay back and talk to someone. And... This person that he, you know, because he, he was, you know, dealing with some stuff too, but he had to stay back and talk to someone. We end up going to lunch with this with this guy, uh, Mr. Andre Norman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm just there, and I'm just listening. I'm just there to to be there. And I get offered a job from Mr. Andre Norman to, to you know, to come down here, you know. And the whole plan was he helps me get the apartment. You know, he's gonna set me up get me situated and I'm, I said yeah of course you know let me let me get out of the, the small town let, let me go and really chase my dream yeah and so I do that about get back home about two two weeks in I'm, I'm doing creating videos for bride everything's going good uh, Sunday night uh, I was finishing up a video for you know for him and uh, I send it. He, he messed back, you know, great, perfect. And the next day, I, you know, I have that mindset motivation page where it's more of where I take other speakers and I kind of mix it together and put some visuals to it. And, you know, it was his video. I was, you know, excited or whatever. I text him in the in the morning and say, hey, yo, the, the video is uploaded. And I didn't hear from him. I'm like, oh, that's kind of odd. Maybe he's, you know, maybe he just got busy. And about... 
uh, let's say 11, 11 a.m., I get a call um, from someone that was, uh, that works, you know, with Jeremy and that helps, you know, Danny uh, and Jeff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danny calls me and she goes, hey, Dalton, did you, uh, did you hear the news? I said, you know, like, what news? Like, I'm kind of excited. Like, what's the news? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she goes, uh, Brian, Brian passed away last night. And I'm like, what? Like, I, I couldn't believe it. Like, you know, I dropped the phone and it was like, I, what, I, what do you mean? I just talked to him last night. It's like, like the I, most odd I thing I just ever. talked to him. Yeah. Like, not even 24 hours ago. And what do you mean? Like, he died. Like, what do you mean? She goes, yeah, you know, he passed away in a car accident last night. And instantly, like, I I was kind of like, I felt angry. I felt, you know, I've never been angry at God, you know, especially all the things that's happened in my life. I've never felt angry towards God. And that was the first time where I, f- I felt truly angry at God. I'm like, why, why would you do that? Like, mm. like I thought, you know, that like. This is the person. Yeah, like, this yeah. is, I thought, like, this is what I, you know, needed. This is, like. Like was like like my breakthrough almost, and like and then breakthrough, then close the door. Like like what is it? Like why you know how could you do that? Why would you do that to a you know a person? Like he has a daughter, a wife. You know why? You know why? That's why I just kept on asking why 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 why. And you know, Mr. Norman, he contacts me, and I'm like, are we still on with this whole thing? Because a lot of it was yeah, I was gonna be with Mr. Norman, but Brian was gonna be. A big factor of yeah. helping me, you know, just be in there. And he said, yeah, we're still on. And so I end up, you know, packing one suitcase. I, I sell my car. I give up my apartment. I give up, like, almost everything I have and come with one suitcase. And here I am. Wow. So the loss of Brian, uh, I never really knew Brian. I met him a few times, but I, you know, heard amazing things about him so what was like you know you're asking God why you know because you finally find somebody that gets you mm-hmm. that it makes they make sense of you you know somebody you can call like they're like a father and a brother all in one like you know it's like everything that you always wanted you find in one person and then you have it snatched away from you you know how are you dealing with that today because Brian's passing was only what what a year or so ago? Yes. If year. that? Yeah, about a, a year and some, some change now. What? So it's June? You know the crazy thing about Brian that we have in common? Mm-hmm. Our birthdays are the same. Oh, wow. That is crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. Wow. Um, What was the question? What are you feeling now? Like, you know, you've, you finally find somebody that gets you. And that person stripped away from you. What are you doing? De- like, how are you dealing with that in today's moment like right now because it's hard not having like your mentor brother figure in your life especially when you didn't have a father figure your entire life and you finally get that what are you feeling now like you know now that he's gone like you know how do you live out his his memory of him um being the same person that he was for me Mm. to somebody else um that's how I'm, 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 I'm working with it and dealing with it and just more of trying to, you know, 
if he was still here, we, would he be proud? I mean, yes, he would be proud of me, but like, I guess just doing as much that I can, like maxing out. He always talked about maxing out, like, you know, giving your all and, and plug in. Like, you got to plug in, give it your all, max out. And so with everything I do, I just try to max out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my, my Instagram is Daltonland underscore 37. That's the age that he passed at. And that's, uh, I have, you know, I wear the 37. Wow. That's the whole, the why with the 37. I, I, I wear this and to just remind me, you know, like it's bigger than me. You know, it added to my why. And so, yeah. That's dope, man. That's really dope. So now that life is making more sense for you, would you say that? Yeah, no, it's definitely evolving. It's you definitely know, evolving. I, I'm definitely, I'm blessed, man. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm thankful. Absolutely. I, you know, this past month, you know, we get, I get a new apartment. Congratulations. You know, something that's, you know, new, nice. You know, I'm living with my, my roommate, best friend. You know, just being there for, you know, each other, being able to, you know, help each other with content, work, business. You know, I'm truly blessed. You know, like we talked, me and Sean talked about this before because, you know, he lived in Maryland. Mm -hmm. I lived in Michigan. We knew each other before we moved. And so, like, that was something that we even talked about, like, like then, like two, like a year ago, a year and a half ago. And now that it, it happened, it's like, yo. Like anything can happen, and it's more of like yeah. that was a goal, and we hit it. So mm-hmm. what else can we hit? So to see a goal come to fruition, does that give you even more drive? Like, yo, this happened, so this can happen again. A- absolutely, and it's more of, excuse my French, but he's like always on my ass. Like, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> and it's like, yo, chill out, man. <laughs> like, like, give me a break. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You don't know what it's like working for some of these people that I work for. You got the your camera, you're an idiot. Go, 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 go. I'm like, yo, I need to chill. Like, give me a moment. But nah, I, I would say that's it's good though because it keeps me on my toes. Man. Yeah. Uh, we we hold each other accountable. So just actually having a, a real true friend that holds you accountable mm-hmm. that share not sharing the same dream, but as in we have the same goals as the in goals like and mindset yeah yeah oh uh, it's huge because that's it's hard to find mm-hmm. like to find a group of people that have the same you know mindset same mentality especially my age nobody wants to talk about business or talk about I stocks would, or t- you know nobody. i was thinking about none of that 19 right oh uh, no i'm i'm 23 20, 23 20, i'm tripping 23 no yeah like not at all people are you know my old friends in high school, they're still, like, senior in college. Like, they still on, like, dumb stuff. Yeah. Like, childish stuff. I'm, no, nah, I'm focused, man. Yeah, you're definitely light years ahead. Because at 23, I was not thinking about stocks, crypto, get my own apartment. I think 23, I was probably still in college. So, man, I take my hat off to you for sure because sure. you're on the right path to success. And through all the adversity that you've had to face through the life changes, you know, of, you know, not losing mom, but in a sense of not having mom there not having dad there, you know, having to be being adopted, meeting Brian, losing Brian, you know, life happened for you. It happened to you and happened for you. Mm. And for you to be 
so on track for success at 23, man, it's a, it means a lot. Not only to just yourself, but it means a lot of the people that you surround yourself with. It means that, yo, who you surround yourself with has done made, made a major impact on your life. Absolutely. So, man, stay the course, man. Uh, Going to do a quick commercial real quick. I want you to speak to your younger self and speak to your age group and leave them with a word of hope, positivity, and whatever else you want to leave them with, okay? Absolutely. So this episode is sponsored by the Embolden Institute. It's the only space that I know that sends out daily messages of hope and affirmation. Text me 404-476-6780. That's 404-476-6780. We send out text messages to you, to your line every day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, where you can get them 10 a.m. EST messages of affirmation. So we text you affirmations every day that helps you affirm yourself. We send you messages of hope that sends you messages, you know, messages of hope and love. So text me the word hope. I mean, text the word affirmation to 404-476-6780 and text me the word heal to that same number, 404-476-6780. And we'll get you on the line. Dalton, man, close this out, bro. Hope, man. So to that younger, that younger Dalton, just know that life, like, like, like you were saying, life's going to hit, but what are you going to do? How are you going to respond when it hits? Like, if the, the, the whole, I'm going to say this. God doesn't put you through something that, he just, God puts you through something for a reason. Even though you can't understand that reason or you, like I was asking why. Maybe 10, 15 years down the line, I'll understand why. And so don't, Say to yourself, well, I don't understand. I want to I wanna understand. You'll understand later on. But just know that everything that you go through, every trial, every adversity, it's meant to happen. You know, God's not doing that, you know, to you on purpose. You know, he's doing it because that's, that's the plan. That's, the, that's his vision. But there's something out of the adversity, out of the, the hurt, out of the abandonment, out of, you know, the trauma, the sexual abuse, the, you know, all of that, there's something out of that that you're supposed to to live out so you can help somebody else. And so just always keep going, stay positive, and uh, dream. Dream as big as you possibly can because anything can, anything can happen. That's dope, man. There you have it. Another episode. We are out. Peace.